0: 1, Rulings Not Rules. Rulings Not Rules is one of the most misunderstood principles of OSR and old school gaming. It does not mean, do what you want. Instead, it's an opportunity for the referee to fill in the blanks. The general argument, the most common argument, is game systems cannot contain a rule for everything a player does. There is an infinite amount of activity that can occur in a role-playing type game. There is an unlimited number of directions or choices that a player may make that a referee will not have uh, thought of in advance and a rule system will not have covered in advance. As such, there is an acknowledgement that the rules aren't perfect and they're not complete. By necessity, the referee is going to have to make something up to bridge the gaps. While true, this has led to a proliferation of rules light games. Now, some rules light games are fine. I'm not coming down on rules light as an idea, but roll 2d6, adjudicate, $5 on my itch.io, that's not a game. That is you wasting my time and my $5. Grifting aside, it is important to bridge the gaps and While some systems will have more gaps than others, it will really depend on the style of game that you run. If you're running a dungeon crawler that has dungeon crawling rules, there will be fewer gaps than if you take that same dungeon crawler and try to run ballroom intrigue. The deeper Zen moment, however, is recognition that this divorces the rules from your actions and their consequences. Is there a connection? Absolutely. However, look at the first edition Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Master's Guide. On the front page, it says, this book is not for players. It uh, makes a tongue-in-cheek remark uh, regarding capital punishment for players that read the book. (laughs) Now, to my knowledge, no one has ever actually uh, gone through with that particular charge, but this taps in in a uh, somewhat satirical way to bringing your eyes off of the character sheet and into the world it represents a separation of action from mechanic and consequence is there a connection absolutely but the referee is the one who manages it the players may know the mechanics at a glance they should really everyone should know how to roll the hit everyone should know what a hit point means, that kind of stuff, but the places where rulings apply are places where the player shouldn't be thinking about mechanics. This is liberation. This is freeing. This is the point where you stop looking at the character sheet and looking and start thinking like you're in the world. This helps with immersion, this helps with creative problem solving, and This is why games played in this style get retold and retold at Waffle Houses around the country at 2 in the morning. To illustrate I'm going to tell a quick story about running a group of RPG newbies, that is people who had never played a tabletop game before through a modified version of the introductory module in the back of one of my books. The party was shipwrecked and a storm was raging. So, climbing out of the boat and seeking solace from the storm, they saw an ingress to a dungeon in the cliff face. Classic start your players at the dungeon. So, after solving a quick riddle to get into the room they were confronted with a trap. Before them was a foyer with six statues armed, five of them, with daggers. There was a pressure plate, unbeknownst to them, near the entrance, which, if depressed, would cause a statue to heave the dagger towards whomever was on the plate. The bravest among the party stepped forward. I rolled two and six chance to see if the trap went off. It did not, so I figured he just didn't step on the touch plate. He went up and investigated a bit around the Statues uh, took one of the daggers from the statue's hand and uh, bragged about it. He was now armed. Second player steps up. Again, I roll to see if the track activates. This time, it did. According to the notes that I had put, I was supposed to roll randomly to determine which statue would try to throw the knife. Then, from there, proceed in a counterclockwise direction. I rolled and came up with the same statue that the first player had taken the dagger from. What do you do in this scenario? I didn't have it written down so I just said that one activates. It attempts to throw the dagger but not having the dagger its arm just makes a throwing motion. Startled the party pretty good and they were very cautious to avoid the touch plate, uh, jumping over it, uh, shimmying around it very descriptively, and they pulled the daggers out of each of the hands of the statues. Then to test their theory, they, one of them went over and, crouching, tapped the pressure plate uh, aggressively, causing the other four statues still primed to discharge their throwing motions. So, not a single die was rolled, but a trap was bypassed and, for the purposes of our session, permanently disarmed. Should they have rolled a skill check, uh, a thief percentile, to disarm or figure that out? Why? They figured it out themselves. Now, there's no need to roll because there's a predefined mechanism, and they figured out the mechanism and used it. If they had rolled their Thief check, I would have let them figure it out on a success, of course, but other traps that don't work like that, the classic uh, needle in the lock comes to mind, that's where you worry about the Thief skill. That's where the rule comes into play. And instead, going to work the following week, one of my players talked up this experience aggressively with some of the other people who had tried out the D&D game at the time they trying out the newer editions were flabbergasted their edition would have called for a skill check what was described never would have happened their experiences were dice on the table move through the room dice on the table move through the room i'm I'll specify I'm not coming down on their experience. They had fun playing different editions, and we had fun playing ours. But here I am, years later, telling this same story that the players still remember. Did they know I was going to let it work up front? Dunno. They just did what made sense, and it worked out for them. And that is the key. That is is where the ruling versus the rule blends together, goes seamlessly, continues the game, pushes the game forward. That is the spirit of rulings over rules. The bridging of gaps, the covering of unforeseen situations in a manner that is invisible to the players and produces that memorable experience. Hopefully that's a fun story to have shared, and Hopefully, you have some stories just like it. Delve on, everybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The Click swearing Mail Podcast is an independently owned and operated product, released for educational and informative purposes under the Totally Steal This License, which is kind of like Creative Commons, except f- <coughs> licensing. Segments recorded within a vehicle are recorded using a Bluetooth hands free device in conjunction with local vehicular safety legislation. The music for the Clear Swearing Mail Podcast is cold coffee by Michael Romere C. Retrieved from Mixkit.co and used under the Mixkit Royalty Free Music License. Sound effects used in the Clear swearing Mail Podcast are also retrieved from Mixkit.co and used in accordance with the mixkit Free Sound Effects license. Clear swearing mail does not describe to nor endorse user opinions expressed by call-ins, guests, or even the host, unless you think they're awesome and thus does not assume any liability regarding the consumption or distribution of this podcast. By listening to the Clear Square podcast, you agree to these provided terms. Parties with questions regarding these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to reach out to Clear- for email, at the prescribed methods provided. On the Glarusware email blog, parties dissatisfied with these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to go suck an egg.